We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, relatively full house tonight with myself, Mark Cowley, Mickey Collin and Simon Campbell here to talk to you about Newcastle's draw with Norwich, everything else that's going on in terms of the race for promotion and then relegation haunted Aston Villa come to town on Monday, so we're going to have a say on that. First of all, we're going to be joined by Brad Hewitson, who is an American-based Newcastle fan. He talks to me and Cowley now for the next 10 minutes or so about his experience at Norwich last night. After that, we've got absolutely loads loads going on, so please stick with us, uh, an absolutely bumper show, so... Uh, without further ado, I will leave it to Brad and me and Connie. We're joined now on the phone by uh, the first timer for the True Faith podcast, Brad, uh, all the way from New Jersey in the United States of America. Brad, you were at the game last night uh, in Norwich, so you, you've joined us to tell us a little bit about what went on. Uh, first of all, thanks very much for coming on the show. We're really pleased to have you. Um, Second of all, how does a, a lad from New Jersey end up travelling 3,000 miles to watch Newcastle play? It's <laughs> uh, an interesting question. Um, about se- seven years ago or so, I, I uh, was at university and my, my buddies started playing FIFA and, and I sucked at it and I uh, ended up uh, deciding that if I was gonna if I was gonna be good, I needed to, to pick a team. And at the time, you know, uh, Tim Howard was the goalie for Everton, and so I had an, a new Everton buddy, and then a, another fellow started following Fulham because of Clint Dempsey, and so I sort of looked at the newly promoted teams because uh, uh, you know I've never been one to call myself a front runner, I suppose. Um, and uh, I started reading a little bit about the history, and 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 Alan Shearer kind of you know. He's all over the record book, so I sat down and I watched all 203 goals, and it just kind of like sparked, you know, something inside of me. So here I am, you know, seven years now. Um, don't think that I've missed a match. You know, maybe I actually maybe Rotherham Rotherham won nothing this year. I, I missed, but other than that, I, I've seen pretty much everything besides the uh, third round FA Cup matches that we tend to lose anyway. Um, but uh, my 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 girlfriend is coming, uh, you know, to Rotterdam for a work conference. So uh, we decided to turn it into a little bit of a Euro trip. Um, and so for the three days while she's you know there this week, I figured I'd, I'd you know come out and, and finally see the team. I, I actually I flew once in the states to Milwaukee to see Newcastle. Um, 
when we played Atlas um, for a preseason friendly, which I believe we lost. Um, but you know, you know, um, it, it, it's it's pretty unbelievable to finally, after seven years of waking up at uh, you know ungodly hours occasionally, um, given the time difference, and, and to finally be able to really see the real atmosphere and and you know kind of what you guys talk about um, you know week in week out. Uh, so it was it was a really it was a great night. That's great to hear, and um, just condolences for for picking Newcastle because it's not been a good seven years, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, right, well that that's a pretty good story. And you, you're you're around for the Bristol City game, aren't you? Uh, we were yeah. chatting earlier, so that's I mean obviously that'll be your first time at St James's, I'd, yep. I'd imagine. So that that hopefully I hope you enjoy that one, and it's um, it's uh, it's it's a massive well the home straight of the season now, so it'll be a really important match. Um, moving on to last night then, uh, you you know, do you want to tell us a little bit about your, your day? Did you fly straight into Norwich or did you fly to London and, and have a bit of time uh, yeah, you know, yeah. so, around? So, um, you know, we started in, in Amsterdam and I, I actually flew to London um, Monday morning and, uh, and I flew into London because I, I actually, the, the, the ticket, um, that, that you sent me, of course, was was delivered to somebody in London because it's the only contact that I had here. So I picked up uh, I picked up my ticket from a woman in London who actually I didn't realize lived super close to the Emirates. So I, I took a quick tour of Arsenal, and that that was nice um, to see how you know the other other half lives. Um, it, was, it was pretty incredible. Um, but a Tuesday morning, um, took the train out to Norwich. Um, and, and stayed at an Airbnb and, and, and took a little, you know, took the sightseeing and went to see the castle. Um, it's actually a surprise, and I thought it was a, a quite nice town, um, you know, pretty scenic. And around 4 or 5 o'clock, I, I, I went to the uh, Complete Angler, where, which I, I had read about, and a couple, a couple fellows tipped me off on Reddit and, and mentioned that it was, a, you know, a common away bar. So I went there, and, and you know I'm by myself. So I, I ended up striking up a conversation with, with a with a with a fellow named George, um, and and we hit it off. And, and him and his lad and I uh, ended up ha- hanging out and, and, and actually going and watching the game together. And one of the one of the things that really you know kind of stood out to me before we get started with the specifics of the actual match itself was the the tunnel um, in the in the south stand. Before, you know, an, an hour, you know, leading up to the match, um, all the, just the atmosphere down there was, it was pretty electric. Um, the chanting was hysterical. Uh, you know, the amount of kids who clearly, you know, traveled their way out uh, to, to have a few pints at the game. And, you know, they didn't exactly look uh, of age, but, you know, it, it, was, it, was, a, it, was, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Um, and, and so for me, you got to remember, you know, that I have very... Um, like kind of a like patchy support, right? Because I, you know, I've seen every goal and 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 every kind of every minute. But you know, I don't. What we don't get in the states is the, we don't get the chance, we don't get the atmosphere. So you know, I, I don't have any of the knowledge. You know, besides like blatant races, as to like you know what what it is that we we do chant about. Um, and so you know, getting to hear all that was was great. But um, we made our way up. Uh, to to the seats, so kind of right on the in the corner next to the uh, Holiday Inn with the hotel rooms that seem to look out onto the pitch. Um, I can't imagine how expensive those must be, but um, you know the, the match itself was polarizing. Um, I I don't know that I could have asked for for one uh, as exciting, you know, given its ups and downs. Um, 
So do you want to talk a little bit about the game specifics? Yeah, I suppose from from the outside, we follow the game on on radio and, and social media, and obviously what a what a start, and then we're thinking. I'm thinking myself certainly. You know, we are so good at keeping keeping a lead. Away leads, yeah. Yeah, so it was really really disappointing to give away two goals as we did. Um, what was the what was the mood like? Um, kind of in that in that first half, was it? You know, I, I, I mean, sorry, I, don't, I mean more like the mood amongst the the away fans and the team because it it didn't look good after we conceded those two goals and then Norwich had a few no. chances. Was, no, it, it was, was it was it a fair reflection on the first half Norwich being in front or do you think no actually first half we were the better not team? Not at all. I, I, you know, I mean, it's funny when when you see something something like that, which I don't know if you if you've caught you know the highlights. I'm sure you have. I mean, at this point, but the the howler from from Darlow is it's got to be the the worst individual mistake I've I've seen uh, to date, um, not not just for Newcastle, uh, but you know these sorts of things they do happen and, and they happen to other to other players you know more more frequently than they happen to us. I can't really think of too many uh, blunders quite like that. And so you you know you always want something like that to happen when you're up four nil and it doesn't matter, but it never really does happen that way. Um, you know, the, the, the first. The, the goal to open Perez is, it was great it was ruthless and I was I was excited I thought there was a, you know we were we could go on and, and win four or five nil at that point um, how easy it looked um, to score it was just unbelievable how, how he cut them apart um, and then you know you got Mitrovic who who misses uh, his first of a, of a few chances actually um, soon after um, could have gone up two nil and at that at that moment you know before before he before he gets saved you're thinking like this is going to be a cinch. This is going to be a walk in the park. Um, but uh, you know, Lasell didn't have an easy have an easy first half. Um, he was a bit weak on, on the on the first goal we conceded. Um, and and the you know after going down to one, it was definitely a, it was definitely a turn. Um, but I but I, I do think that you know at the end of the day. Even through the first half, you know, every everybody stayed up, everybody stayed loud um, and and chanting. And I thought that, you know, I, I was I was proud of the away support. I, I thought, especially for Darlow, who you know had his head in his hands. Um, you know, we we kind of kind of let him know that, like it's all right, like you know it happens, and kind of kept uh, chanting for him. And I thought that that was good. And I think that he, I'm sure he appreciated that. Uh, he he slipped actually on a on a goal kick after and. The Norwich fans were, of course, giving him hell. So I thought that we did a good job of, you know, picking him back up. Um, ha- halftime, uh, you know, it's tough, right? Because you're down, you're down two one, and and I, you know, I didn't think that Norwich really created a single chance in the game. Like I, I still don't think that they they did. They had a half chance, and they, you know, to, to score two goals and, and not create anything for yourself is it doesn't happen too often. Um, and so, you know, going, you know, had you asked me. Yesterday, pre-match, um, you're down two-one in the you know in the 81st minute. Uh, are you going to take? Will you take two-two? I you know I'd sign on the dotted line, um, but to to concede the way that we did and to not come out of there with a, with a win yesterday, it's sort of like a double-edged sword. You know, we're uh, you're on a high because you're always on a high when you when you come back. But the, to me, I, you know, with a few hours, you know, 24 hours to reflect. Those those were two points dropped, and these you know it's going to happen, and we just got to bounce back um, against Villa. But 
the the atmosphere at halftime was you know you you heard the talk you heard the you know disappointment and then the the belief that it was over given we haven't had the best luck coming back this season so far so you know uh, proud but you know still a little disappointed uh, we the, the second the second half was a phenomenal dis- display by, by us. I thought that I don't even remember a moment in which Nar- Narch even had the ball. Um, it was pretty much wave after wave um, across the first and the second half. Like I, as I, I've always tried to kind of maintain belief in, in Mitro. I, I think that he's he has the passion. We all know that, um, and, and I do think that he's been kind of unfairly targeted this entire year but some of the as we kind of you know move on and on and, and with gail coming back um some of the chances that he missed yesterday were 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 great opportunities um I, he uh, you know he had a he had a header into um ruddy's ruddy's feet that then you know anywhere else from point blank range you know it's it's two two um he uh, perez played him on uh, with, a, with a flick on and he hit the post richie hit the post um I mean, you know, I can't, I can't really stop listing all the chances that we did have, uh, and, and so it is kind of remarkable that that it that it ended the way that it did, even even after the the equalizer, we had, you know, we had three real chances, two two real chances, um, and then uh, and then the half chance at the end with uh, with the ball in from Shelby, um, he hit like a like a we had like a foul on the edge of the box and Shelby hit a curler that just sort of bounced around and it could have landed at anybody's feet. Um, you know, you're just praying that 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 Gale's going to show up as, as he does, but um, it wasn't wasn't in the stars. Um, you know, but it, overall, like for me, you know, that's that moment of celebration for the first goal was was absolutely phenomenal. Um, like I like I wrote in, in you know the match report, it was. Top top five moments of my life, and I say that in all seriousness. It was freaking unbelievable. So, you know, that's something to take away from it. That's really good. Um, your match report, you can find Brad's match report uh, on True Faith on the website. Now we posted links to it. Um, it's it's been well, really well received because it's kind of people reading True Faith like are used to myself and a few other writers probably churning out the same old stuff. So it was nice to have a bit of a fresh perspective. Um, from yourself, <laughs> so so thanks for that. But uh, so how how did Gale look when he came on? Did he look sharp, or did he, do you think maybe you know he was a little bit off the pace? No, actually, I thought he did look quite sharp. He he was moving, he was moving really well. He made a couple runs that you know. Um, I think Shelby tried at least one. It might have been two of those. You know, the typical Shelby kind of knife through, uh, you know, hot knife through ice passes that um just just, just a little bit off. Um, I thought Gail looked. He, he probably could have come on in the 60th. You know, not to question Rafa, but but I, I would have I would have had him on a little bit earlier. Um, I, I thought he looked mince, and, and I think that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good weekend for uh, or I suppose Monday night for for Gail. He, he's got to get a start the way that he was moving. Um, so I think that that's you know something that we can definitely look forward to. Who um, did I see you last night? Who say that best, again. Who was our best performer? Would you say, who stood out for you? Oh, DeAndre Yedlin. Um, I guess it's between between Yedlin and Perez, frankly, and and I, I'm a big critic of Perez. I, I <laughs> the other the the QPR match where he was missing those chances. I was I was 
slamming my hand down in, in, you know, in anger. I couldn't believe that he missed what he did, but I got to give him credit last night. I thought he was absolute class. Uh, he, he was, uh, you know, obviously involved in both goals. I scored the first and, and laid on, um, for LaSalle, a beautiful, you know, picked him out across, uh, across the box for the equalizer. But other than that, I, you know, he could have had another assist, um, with, if Mitrovic was a little more clinical, um, he was moving so well. He was moving in the right spaces. Uh, Apsu, you know, at the very end, picked him out with a with a with a beautiful threaded pass. That you know, if it was maybe um, just a just a tiny bit angled, a little more towards goal, I think that it would have been it would have been three three two and an absolute phenomenal win. But um, he just and, and it was a good shot too. But Ruddy had a you know kind of got down with a strong hand and and made a save. Um, I, I thought I thought Perez was great, and I thought Yedlin looked. Like the like the greatest defender in the championship, he, he no one no one could get near him. Um, every every single run that he made, you thought you thought we'd score. Um, and when they did get near him, they'd foul him. Um, it, it was he was he was a step above uh, everybody else. It really seemed. I just I, I was shocked, and it's not to say that you know we haven't seen this from him so far, but you know let's 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 be really. Uh, Excited that he's uh, he's on our, our side of the river time these days because he was phenomenal. Uh, big, big performer for me. Nice to hear. I mean, yeah, he's been, he, he's had a, he's, he's definitely got better as the season's gone on. And I've always thought, and we always said as a podcast, that we it wasn't really a competition between him and Anita. We always thought he was far superior, although Anita has put in some really good games. But yep. with with Anita's with Anita's injury, he's kind of maybe had the pressure taken off a little bit because he knows now he's going to play every game regardless. Um, yeah. he's, he's really kind of flourished <laughs> since since that happened. So yeah, that, it's nice to hear that he did so well. It's also nice to hear Perez did well because we're much of the same opinion. He's he's been really poor this season, and um, yeah. there's a lot of positive noises uh, coming from coming from his performance. And that's that goal will do him the world of good, especially first minute. Um, you know, and we're going to need him. You know, I'd imagine Diame comes back in for Monday, but who knows? But you know, we we need him. The amount of games he's played, we need we need him getting ten goals this season. Oh yeah, beyond ten completely goals. agree. So, and, and I do think that you know, you're, you're, you know, Diame probably will come in. But after what we saw um, last night, I'd I'd give Perez a chance. I really would. I'd give him another chance if if he's if he's fit because he was he was fantastic. Yeah, and I thought Diame uh, when he when he did come on, you know, not, nothing too harsh, but I thought he looked a little bit a little bit sluggish. Um, one of the few, him and him and him and Gufran didn't didn't have their best nights. Gufran has been fading it seems of late. Um, he hasn't really gotten involved. The the most involvement that he had yesterday was, you know, being on the end of a of a Perez cross that he put in the back of the net after the offside flag was up, and that you know that's the that's the first and last that I saw of him really. So I'm I'm hoping. You know Ooh. he was he he was great for us at the beginning of the year, um, so it would be nice if he could you know kind of break out of this rut. It's um, we just don't have a left side, do we? Everything comes down the right. Richie and Yedlin compared to Gufran and Dummett. I mean, yeah, what's new? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, Brad, I think that just about sorts it. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Hopefully, we can speak to you after the Bristol game. Um, yeah, of course. Get your thoughts on on first time at St James's. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Absolutely. See you, boys. Massive thanks there to Brad. Um, top five, top five moments of his life. Yeah. That first goal. 
Yeah. I mean, there's probably a few a few goals we could we could rank in terms of <laughs> life moments, but um, I don't know. That's another story for another day, isn't it? I understand that the um, the goal away at Benfica is one of the best moments of my life, definitely, yeah. without question. And we got beat three yeah. <laughs> one. Um, right, Newcastle's draw at Norwich. Great result. Possibly not a great result in the context of of how how we played and the chances were missed and created and how dominant we were, according to Brad and several other people there. But four points out of Wolves and Norwich, I'd have fucking taken it at the start of the week. Loads to talk about from this game. Starting with you, Mickey, Mitrovic and Perez. Starting up front, as I, I tweeted, uh, I hope no one goes and listens to the old podcast because if Steve McLaren had done that, would have gone nuts. But it, see, it seems to work away from home to the extent where Perez had one of his best games and scored. Could have won the game in the end. Mitrovic had a lot of chances. I'll come to you first about Mitrovic. I know you had your say last Thursday when you spoke to Sai. Um, thoughts that he's getting better because he's creating lots of chances? Um, uh, It's difficult, isn't it? Um, It's hard, first of all, it's hard to talk about when you didn't watch the game and just watch like, clips coming through on Sky Sports News when you're supposed to be having tea with your bird on Valentine's Day. Um... <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know with Mitrovic. Normally when you're talking about a team, if they're creating chances and getting chances and missing them, it's not that big a problem. The problem's when you're not creating the chances. But for a striker to be missing clear-cut chances time after time, game after game, that basically the entire time he's been here, certainly the end of last season and most of the games this season that he's played a big part in, and he's missed, he's missed at least one that he, that he really has to score. You look at the, um, sorry, the reverse fixture um, when Norwich came to St. James's. You see how many chances like Gale missed, but you know he's going to get more chances. He's, yeah, he's got a hat-rick. Yeah, exactly. He's got a hat-rick, <laughs> but he could have had like like six goals. But you know, even if he missed them three chances at the start of the game, he's going to get more with Mitro. We don't create as many chances, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, to bring it back to Mickey, I'm going to raise the, someone got in touch on Twitter earlier, so I don't have Twitter in front of me, so I, I can't read your username out. I'm sorry, but Saying that the chronicle, were, the chronicle were briefing against Mitro today, which was very strange. They've normally been pro him. Um, they were saying he gets a bad rap. He's young. He's he's making all these chances. He made the chance for the first goal. He didn't give up, and all this kind of stuff. And my counter argument to that is, in what you know, people say that about Green, um, what you were saying, Greenstreet or Gale. It's like, oh, if Gale had done X, and we're going to come on to this if if Sells had done X. Well, not really. It's the context because you look at Oxford, he's missed three one-on-ones in a pen. You look at Derby, he's missed that chance on the half turn, which he really should have scored. And then he should have scored at least one last night. He got a bit unlucky, very unlucky hitting the post. In fact, it was a good finish. T- to me, Mickey, it's... And I, I'll say it again, no one wants Minter Rich to come good and score all the goals more than me. Backham, sing his name, I'll do whatever it takes. But I'm just not convinced that... He, and this is his whole time at Newcastle... I'm not convinced by the people who say Andy Carroll or Alan Shearer or Ian Wright or any of at his age these players were worse X, Y and Z. I'm not convinced he has the natural ability to finish those chances. Mickey, do you, do you think that it, it's something that will come in time and do you think he will get the 10-15 goals this season or do you think this this is this is, this is is him, this is his best stuff? Yeah, I do. Um, if anyone's saying that Mitrovic is better than Shearer, Ian Wright or even even Carroll at, at that age they're, they're just completely wrong that's that's totally not true Chiro's got a hat-trick on his professional debut I get a grip um, 
I agree with you. I think I think this is Mitrovic. I don't think he's got much more in there. I, I, as I said on Thursday, I think he's really limited by the fact that he's a complete idiot. Like his stupidity shows on the pitch. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do this like the simple right things. Um, and so his, his physical attributes are only going to get him so far without a proper football brain. I don't. I don't think he's got that, and that's not something you can learn. I, I don't think he's a good striker of the football. Really, if you look at his goals. Um, got a few headers, a few pens, a few scrambles we've seen against um, Wolves. But look at that chance we had to make it 2 0. I know it's on his left foot, but there's no really excuse for that. He still should be finishing it. It's just no conviction. The strike, really, it's not a clean strike. And I've seen, like, if you watch him, it's not many of his goals not being all. I know you can say defend, as a striker, it doesn't matter how it goes in, but many of his goals you wouldn't say, oh, it's a great finish. You haven't, like, if you look at these goals for he scored, so. I think I think he got that one against Norwich last year, St James's, and he got the header. He's good with his head oh, normally, yeah, he's but he's missed a few. But yeah, I mean, Mickey, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And listen, I hope we're wrong. I'm sure plenty of people listening to this disagree with us. That's absolutely fair enough. We all want the same thing. But last night, it was good to see him getting chances. But I was at Oxford. I was at Derby. Brad was there last night. At this level, he's not playing against Premier League players here. We need him to start taking some of these chances. And the people who say, if goal, if goal. Yeah, that is, that is his name. I always do this. Dwight Goal. If Dwight, yeah. if Dwight Goal had missed those chances, he'd score the next one. And that's the crack and that's the difference and that's what you're going to get judged on. Mickey, quickly, Perez, a lot of stick this season. Allegedly one of his best games last night. Do you think he enjoys playing with Mitrovic more than, than the likes of a Gale? Or do you think it's just one of them games where Norwich were shite? Um, he's obviously going to like playing with Mitrovic more than Gale because Gale doesn't really hold the ball up all that much. Not that Mitrovic does it particularly well, but he does he does do it more than Gale. So Perez is is going to find himself getting the ball more often than he um, than he than he would with Gale. Uh, yeah, by all accounts, Perez had a good game. He needs to do it more consistently. His his form this season hasn't been anywhere near good enough, and is a worry going back into the Prem next year if he's going to be starting games he needs to be much much better than he is yeah and um, the nice the nice thing about Perez to an extent was that he, that goal was really well taken he and it was good pass and callback as well but it, he, he found the space and he was clinical he didn't you know the chances against QPR he has like three looks at the keeper yeah. he kind of doesn't know what he's doing at the last minute he, he knew where he's putting that ball as soon as he received it probably before he received it so that was really really positive um, so I've got such a different attitude towards those two though because Perez I think is, is is a really good player and he's got it in him and he just needs to work maybe on his physical side and on his confidence to uh, to be able to press on and be a good player for Newcastle I think Perez has got it in him to, to come good but it's not happening quick enough is the problem for him the, the one positive thing about this season is we haven't had to watch him play left wing beyond the first like couple yeah. of weeks so Rafa's learned that lesson pretty quick um, really quick one from me and then Sai. Twitter today, some really good debate. Thanks to everyone who gets in touch. Um, people saying, and I saw this line a lot last night. There's there's a little bit of a like a Matt Sells kind of fan group or you know movement kind of people saying that oh maybe he isn't that bad and all of this and you know the, the classic is if Sells had done what Darlow did, people would be going wild. Darlow's been mint this season. Sells hasn't, and I'll say it. I've said it before. Say it again. Matt Sells issue isn't making mistakes, it's that he's not good enough as a goalkeeper. He himself has come out today with an in an interview saying he needs to go on loan. 
hopefully to another English club so he can get to the level that, that he needs to be to play for this football club. And he has a lot of really good things. I mean, I, I like just kicking, but at, at Oxford his kicking was rubbish and at Birmingham as well. But in a lot of games this season, he, he's better with his feet than Carl Dolo is in my opinion. But he, he doesn't have any command of his area. He doesn't understand how to communicate with the defence and he can't... He, he, he inspires panic with the back four. He, he often comes for balls when he doesn't he doesn't need to, he he should come when he doesn't, he won't catch the ball, all things which are, are more long-term than than perhaps, you know, like making mistakes or being a bit error-prone or, or doing X, Y, and Z, so I'm not sure there's a simple solution, but everyone who says if Darlow had done that or if Sells had done that, people would be raging. I, because Carl Darlow then went on allegedly to have a, a really good game, people say he played well after that, you you wouldn't get that with cells. You would get another mistake because it's it's not a mistake made that, like the the whole one was just a genuine mistake where he's palmed that out. I, I don't mind that mistake as much. Obviously, it pissed me off at the time. I can live with that compared to the, to, to the same flaws in this game that like you say week in, week out. A lot of people have been in touch in in a kind of a bit of a debate on Twitter. Rob Elliott was in the bench last night, saying that could Elliott be Beanie Castle's number one ahead of Darlow. Sai, I'm going to come to you. I know you got some pretty strong views on that. Well, I don't think our opinion of Rob Elliott's ever changed. We've always thought he was a, a, I think a League One keeper at best is what we've always described him as. Uh, first of all, there's a fan movement for Mansells, is there? Yeah, trust me. There's a lot of people who who like to say if like if Sells had done it is. It's like a little bit of a trendy. It's just yeah, isn't it just four or five divvies trying to be like devil's advocate and saying, oh no 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 no. What if what if Sells had done that? Like they're just trying to be different. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's watching Matt Sells or has watched him this season and thought, you know what, he's he's had, had a tough time. I think we all stuck behind him for as long as we could, and we'd, we'd realise he's just not gonna, it's just not gonna happen for him. Did you? Um, um, what do you think about Elliot? The people who are listening who think, no, Rob Elliot's a good keeper, convince them otherwise. Well, this is another thing. I can't believe we're having this conversation after one one sort of error from Darlow. So yeah, it was an absolute absolute stinger of a holer. Like he's absolutely totally air kicked in. It's it's horrific, but um, that's the only time he's done anything stupid like that this so, season. So yeah, but yeah, for, so I think that a lot of the people who like Elliot on like their opinion of Elliot hasn't changed because of Darlow. Yeah. So, so can you can you explain why you don't think Elliot's good enough as a keeper? What you want me to do it? Well, I think you'll 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 come in when you need to. But yeah, so Rob Elliot last season when Newcastle were as shit as we've ever been under under McLaren. He seemed to have a bit of a spell where he, he, he looked like our best player, which doesn't say much because we're still losing football matches and conceding loads of goals. Um, he, had, he had a brief spell. I think we had Spurs away where we won two one, and he had a, like a blind of a game there, saved loads of shots, and we had a, you know a couple of games where he was making saves. But I think on every podcast we did at the time, we commented that yes, there were some good saves, but they were like saves that any goalkeeper should be making. It wasn't like he was pulling off like worldies and saving it from the top corner he was saving shots that were Adam and if he was letting them in it would be a joke and it just kind of it went on from there and he had three or four games and everyone started like talking up this Rob Elliott he's a new man when when we were just shit because there was nothing else to talk about <laughs> and then for, for every like Spurs away there was an Everton at home where you know we're, we're looking like getting a, a solid point and then he just comes and flaps at a ball and throws away the game and what was it like the 93rd minute yeah like mm. I don't know what what's Rob Elliott good at Shot stopping, like shot stopping, is like a prerequisite for any goalkeeper. If you can't shot stop, you're not a goalkeeper. 
So, like, people say, oh, he's a really good shot stopper. Yeah, every goalkeeper should be. Um, it's, it's, it's the other things that make you, like, a decent goalkeeper, isn't it? Or a great goalkeeper. It's distribution. And I don't think Robert Lee's bad at distribution. Oh, I, I can't he, remember. He, oh, he's he, can't, he can't kick the ball over the halfway line, man. Like, yeah. he, to Alders come in, I think you've put it really well, but Rob Elliott is the kind of keeper who constantly concedes worldies. And it's no <laughs> it's no coincidence. You look at that, that, that Shaqiri goal at Stoke last season, it's like the ball went like next to him. It's like, oh, you know, people are like, oh, Shaqiri scored from 35 yards. Catch it, Rob. Catch it. <laughs> like... It's true. Like if if you look at look at some like yeah, I'll I'll admit I'm his biggest critic, and he seems like a nice bloke by the way. Um, again, you know if he if he comes in and plays for Newcastle, you'll never hear us slagging him at a game or not singing his name or getting behind him. But um, he's 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 the, he's the I'm trying to think of another. He's a bit like Mignolet, who's been exposed. Like he's one of those keepers who does class when there's loads to do. When you can make yourself look mint because you've got so much to do when you're 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 at a reasonable level, you look like a good keeper. If he was to play for anyone better than Newcastle, he would just be exposed straight away. And if we go up next season, he'd be exposed because he's he doesn't really like I can't think of a game where he's played where you'd think right. I don't know. Let's let's look at like Derby. You know, Darlow against Derby hasn't pulled off any worldly saves. He's he came out he came off his line well. He cleared well. He caught well. He got behind everything well. Rob Elliott against Derby would have been pulling off four or five camera saves, tipping over the bar, and because of his poor position, as pure as poor communication with his back four. And again, he's, he's rubbish at coming from the line, so more chances tend to be created. But you know, that's we're, good, we're off topic a little bit because we've needlessly slagged off Rob Elliott here. But it is, <laughs> it is, uh, it is to to come back to some of the comments people are making on Twitter. I want to move on to Green Street and just quickly. I think it's really typical of our, our social media fan base to uh, to do something like this when Dollar's made one mistake in a game and has played really well all season. As soon as he came into the team, will look better back in September or whatever it was. It's just typical, like typical of the stupid social media Newcastle fans that'll that'll jump on this bandwagon and and start start wanting Rob Elliott to play again, which is just. Just the, a joke. The, the mistake he made though is not going to make it again. You know, no, what I mean, exactly. it's not where he caught it and dropped it. He just, it's just it's embarrassing. But he's just yeah. he's yeah. kicked it really. Dollar's twenty six, which is like a decent age for a keeper. He's got to start playing games now regularly. He can't go back to being a number two. Rob Elliott's in his thirties, is he? Like, I don't think he's ever had a full season as a number one for anyone. Yeah. Even at like Charlton in League One, he was like second behind like I don't know some guard goalkeeper. So. Like, what's the point? Like, Rob Elliott is number one. It's a stupid idea. That's uh, Simon Camel there. We got him on the show because he is an expert in Charlton, <laughs> Charlton Athletic seasons 2008-2011 in League One. Um, Green Street, Lascelles. For, oh, sorry, really, really quickly again. I think um, Kieran Clark, who was mint, deserves a lot of the blame for that dollar goal. Just win the header, Kieran. He kind of half challenged for the header. Then left it to Darlow to come and just win the header. Just you, you were against a small lad. He's probably had a shout. He has probably had a shout. I'd still rather win the header though. He, he, he wouldn't have had a shout, shout to lose the header. He kind of, he's kind of like half ass kind of gets battled off the ball a little bit. Yeah. But Green Street. Darlow's air kicked the ball and they've scored because he's completely missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Darlow's fault, like. It's 100% Darlow's fault. Right. Green Street. I've tried to come about five times on this. <laughs> The cells really poor against QPR, allegedly. I'm not allegedly. That's that was an opinion of a lot of fans. Um, really, really good against Derby. Yeah. And then last night, so, 
played Wolves, wasn't it? Wolves, sorry. Wolves didn't play at Derby. That's, so. a, that's the definition of allegedly, isn't it? Like, yeah. according to the opinion of others. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> but, and then he's come on last night and been really shaky. What do you think his problem is in terms of, is it just a consistency problem or do you think, hang on, there might be better options here in terms of Mbemba or Hanley? It's not really a consistency problem. You've seen, I think he played the first two games this season, then Rafa dropped him, I think for the Reading game. And Reading then, and Bristol. and Bristol was it. So he got dropped for two games, then what, he came back on the side and that's when we went on that good run. I think he played the next well fourteen and won twelve of them, and I think this season he's kept kept eleven clean sheets uh, with him. But obviously he has been a bit poor the past few games, and f- people on uh, social media, Twitter in particular, saying that we need to drop him for the next game. Um, I don't think we should. He did have a bit of a howler last night um, for the first goal. He, he should be just clearing that really. But don't know what he's doing and just it's overpowered by Jerome and obviously um squares it and go. But I you can't say he's played well. Him and Clark have formed a really good partnership um for most of the season really. And if you think about who we obviously Hanley came in against Derby um and played well. But again he hasn't played too I mean, how many games did he play with Clark this season? That it? Yeah, and then Mbemba, I don't think he played with Clark this season. But, I mean, one worry that probably on Monday is a player like Hogan, who's he's played well this season. Maybe it's him, them type of players who try to get him behind. He had problems against, is it Mackie for QPR? Yeah. He caused him a bit of problem. Uh, but I think he's, he's great in the air. Um, but sometimes a player having a go at him, he's, he's hadn't been, of, lately hasn't been great. Do you um, think people forget that he's just 23? Yeah, I think they do. Um, I think they see it as though he's, he, look, he, he, he's played in the Premier League and he played well. Uh, People are going to go nuts, the mid-row fans. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, 23, and you look at the players some of them in the Premier League who, for example, just take Stones, he's made plenty of mistakes, oh, but he'll, he'll come good. Um, he's going to learn, he's going to make mistakes, and that's, that's the case of being young, he's going to improve. And um, Him putting that aside now, I, I don't think... Again, he might do that and then he might come back and play really well, but for me, I, I would start him with Clark on Monday. Do you think Do you think Mbemba has a role to play this season? Is that, do, do you think, like, cause a lot of people are, are saying now, particularly against maybe the likes of Villa, Bristol, Wigan, when we play them at home, we need a ball-playing defender or someone who can at least step out of defence, or do you think, no, I'll stick with what we've got? Um... I still think we'll stick with what we've got. I mean, the talks of him playing what he's played for um, uh, Congo, he played defensive mid, hadn't he? And I think a few people have said he's more suited to the Premier League because in the Premier League, obviously, you get going, you've got a lot of players in defence who pass the ball well. Um, and he did that well last season. Um, and obviously, I think everyone was this season going to be the new kind of Colacini who. Played okay his first season, but then his second season he was great in the championship, and then he went on. Obviously, played he was class for us, uh, but I still think we should stick to how it's gone. We've kept plenty of clean sheets, and I think the games he has played this season, um, he didn't really. He got dropped. He played against Wolves and got beat two 0 I think it was his mistake for the goal, and I think he didn't follow. In, I think Rafa was pretty pissed off and he didn't follow instructions. 
And I think there is a, a communication of saying, has he learnt English? Whereas most of our team are pretty much British, really. Um, and that's one thing that's been rumoured, saying he's not really learning English. And in terms of, I think we we have got like a settle-back phone. I don't know if he would come in and improve that much, really, I, I think, in terms of communication. So, for me, I'd keep the, keep the same, really. Yeah. And maybe people are, are making the argument that maybe we're, with Hayden, if Hayden and his ankle injury, Rafa's saying that it needs managed. He's been in the matchday squad and in the bench the last two games. But people are surprised to see Colback back. If, if if there is a problem with Hayden, or we're, maybe we'll play the likes of Huddersfield away or Brighton away, do you think there could be a case for playing a member in midfield? In a word, I'd say no. Um, but really, we don't know, do we? We've never seen him do it. Um, Colaccini stepped into that position a couple of times when we needed him to, and he was, Pe- was half-decent. talk about it because... Rafa played David Luiz in midfield for much of the time he was yeah. in Chelsea. Um, there, I mean, there's an argument for it, but I, I don't think we, we need... We, like, we're top of the league, we're the best team in the league, we don't need to be playing a defender in centre midfield, for me. Uh, as much as I, I think Colbach's struggling um, in that defensive midfield role, I think he'll do it better than Mbemba. But I'm, I'm open to it. If Rafa chooses to do it against Philly on Monday, I wouldn't kick off about it Rafa knows better than us if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't play again so before we talk about that team from the the Midlands and our game on Monday against them um, not a great night in terms of results great night for Newcastle in terms of our result Brighton drawn against Ipswich which we'll come on to um, the rest of the of the of the, releg- the relegation. I'm just used to it after years of <laughs> talking about Newcastle uh, promotion rivals all won um, I believe we are, what are we, no, yeah, we're six or seven, I should look at this, six or seven points clear with a game in heart with uh, with goal difference, six or, or something. Which is like another point, I think it's yeah. six, with, six with a, like, ten goals or something. Lads, six, with, with the games that are coming up for us, we've got Redden, Brighton, Huddersfield away from home in a row against each other. Everyone's saying if we stay top of the league, this month, at the end of February, where top of the league we're going up, um, you know, I'll, I'll see whether you lads agree with it, and we'll get we'll get a comment from you about each individual one. Uh, Mark Corby sent me the fixtures <laughs> of every team um, that will that you know of all there of all those teams coming up That's each really? fixture, but it, it won't work on my phone. That's dead annoying. That's really good commitment. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's <laughs> let's take Wi-Fi off. Any joy? No, this is well planned. I don't know why it won't work. That's Has fucking annoying. Uh, he put it in the table. I mean, he might not have just done it for us, but he did send it. Sorry, will I try and sort this out? I'll come to you. Brighton, have the wheels come off? They did this last year, remember? They've had a right shit run. Obviously, they beat Burton at the weekend, but who doesn't beat Burton? And then a stinking draw at home with Ipswich last night. Do you think, you know, is it really now between Brighton and Huddersfield for that second spot, or do you think us and Brighton well clear? Uh, I don't know if the wheels have come off. Like the the, the Drew against Ipswich, who have randomly just started getting a few results together. Actually, Ipswich are like twelfth. I don't know how because it just seems like they're getting beat every week. But uh, every time we check the score for Ipswich, I see the score for Ipswich they've, they've lost, and yet they're in the middle of yeah. the league. It's baffling. It's weird. Um, Brighton. So the Drew and Ipswich got beat at Huddersfield the other night. Drew at Brentford. Brentford. You what? The Drew at Brentford. Drew Brentford, yeah. So they've dropped a few points, probably as many as those in the last six or seven games. But um, 
hence we're still on the same points. Or one point ahead, whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I've said it all season. I'm not really asked about Brighton. They're not. They're not. I think they will finish top two, and I, I don't even care if they finish above us as long as we're, we're second. I've not been paying much attention to them for that reason. I don't have a problem with Chris Hutton. I don't have a problem with their their team and what they're doing as a club. Um, I think what you've just said though is that uh, are Huddersfield or Brighton the bigger threat? I think. It's it's a tough question because Huddersfield have they won five in a row? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, um, I know they're still in the FA Cup, which Brighton did as as well as we did to just hoy themselves out of it. But um, <laughs> I it's, it's a bit of a worry. But uh, all these teams hit, hit, hit runs of form and then they'll they'll lose a couple of games. And as you say, when the pressure builds towards the end of the season, you just can't see Huddersfield winning like another six games in a row. So I don't, I'm just not worried. Well, I mean, just to get Brighton's fixtures, by the way, we are the only lot team of the promotion lot to play this weekend. Everyone else has cancelled because FA Cup, which is pretty yeah. handy, I think. That gives us a real chance to open up a good gap yeah. on the rest of them. But Brighton go to Barnsley. Yeah, then they, they go to Barnsley, which Barnsley are in great form. Um, then they have Reading at home, big game. Then us away, big game. And then they probably they have only really leads away before the end of the, the season. I mean, there's, there's a Norwich away as well. So, not, you know, not too many hard games. Do you, do you think that they've got enough about them? Do you think, like you said, you're not too worried about Brighton? Is it simply a case of, of worry about Huddersfield now? Kind of. They're only five points behind us, actually, Huddersfield. And we don't have a game in hand on them. Um, it's the same with Brighton. We've played the same number of games. And I think Brighton will do enough. This I don't know. Um... As you said, they've not got any runs of fixtures where you'd expect them to drop huge amounts of points. There'll be a couple of games here and there, but that's the same for everybody. Huddersfield's fixtures, I don't know what they are, but I presume they've got some tough ones coming up because well, it seems like they've had a big run. I, I know what Huddersfield have got coming up, so I'll move on to Green Street. <laughs> Green Street, Huddersfield, five points behind uh, in the form of their lives. Yeah. Would you be surprised, Green Street, if I told you that no other team after 31 games in third place in the history of the championship has had as many points as Huddersfield. Really? The the points hold that they have now yep. is more than enough to be top normally. More I, than I, enough. I'm going to uh, Where have you got that from, Dugger? <laughs> Stats. Stato.com. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, the, po- um, the points totals, I was going to comment on afterward, but the points totals are bizarre. Like, this time last year, we've got 10 more points than Hull. Hull were top of the league at this time last year. we got 10 more points than them, Newcastle. Newcastle have got only one team in championship history has ever had more points than Newcastle at this stage. That was Reading, yeah, who yeah, set the points record. They had 10 more points than us, which is Did mental. They? They had, the funny thing is about that Reading team that got 106 points, they tailed off massively. They obviously won the league so early, they just took their foot off the gas. So we are outperforming every other championship t- side by this point, and we're only five points I'm clear. I'd love to know how many teams have done that by losing seven games as well. <laughs> yeah, probably none. Um... But yeah, going on to yeah, going on to Huddersfield, um, really surprised they're still still around. Really, um, thought they'd be obviously pushing for playoffs, but not this close to us. Really, after a really good start of the season, but they had a little bit of a blip. I mean, they got beat off Fulham, wasn't it five yeah, nil? Um, and they lost a couple of games, and you thought, oh, that's it. They're not gonna wigging at, at home. Yeah, they're not gonna come back. But then again, then they continue to to win games, and obviously five and five's great, but. What you see is, like, I mean, look at even last night, so lucky to get that goal, 92nd minute. Um, bit of a Markham's goal, really. Um, if you want to watch, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, you'll know when you see it. 
Uh, but go a lot of goals late on. I looked at quite a few of the results and a few last minute goals or last in the last ten minutes, which you can't keep doing really. Um, in terms of their goal difference compared to, sorry, the Magnums have done it for like seven years. Yeah, but um, in terms of goal difference, it, the the win by say maybe just one goal really compared. You look at us and Brighton's goal difference; it's massive compared. I don't yes. have you got the exact table up, but it's uh, the difference is quite a lot. But um, it's uh, we we have a plus twenty eight goal difference better than them. Yeah, a plus seven. <laughs> They've won 19 games and they've got a plus seven goal difference. <laughs> but I think myself, I think it'll be us and Brighton who who go up. Um, they have, they have to be fair, they haven't really got that difficult running. Uh, they've got Redden next week, which you'd hope it's um, probably for a draw that game, or even a Redden win. Uh, and then from that, looking at the fixtures, yeah, it's not too bad to be fair. So yeah, I still don't think they'll automatic promotion. I think they'll go in the playoffs. But I'd like to see them come up. Yeah, same. I'd like to see them come up and and just to kind of echo what you said there, Green Street. Um, I think they've only. I think that Rotherham game was the first time they conceded two goals and have won. So if you score two goals against Huddersfield, you tend to win the game. Um, they, they rely very much on defensive stability, and like you said, Green Street, they've got fixture wise what they've got Reading. Um, and they've got us. And apart from that, do they have? Do they have anyone who's too difficult? I mean, there's a lot of difficult games, but but yeah, we'll see. Um, the fed, the final one we're going to come to you, Mickey, would be Reading, and you know they're they're like they paid one one game more. I think they're a point behind Huddersfield. They're another one that a lot of people expected to to fade away. Um, they have some really tough fixtures left. I mean. Obviously, as Green Street said, Huddersfield away next, which is a hard game. The, I mean, that was supposed to be this weekend, but it's been postponed. They're fantastic games because one of them's got a drop points. So fucking brilliant. <laughs> They've also got... Well, I'll tell you what. Huddersfield... Huddersfield? Redden have got Huddersfield, Brighton and us within four games. Can he, can he run a fix as that? They've also got... A, they're also host leads. I've got to go to Norwich. I've got to go to Villa, who are shit. Um, and apart from that, it's all right. Do you think they're a realistic threat to us? No. Realistic threat to us? No. I think realistically the threat comes from Huddersfield. <laughs> Just having some trouble with the microphone. Um they look like the one that the the team that are that are closest to us in Brighton in terms of performances and consistency. Um apart from apart from a few dodgy games. That said, Redden have um they've just been clocking up points quite quite well so I, I don't know I, I think it I think it would be naive and stupid of us to really rule anyone else within the top six at the minute because it could we could lose the next three or four games conceivably I mean it's, I don't think it's going to happen but we could and at that point one of them just needs to be performing as they are at the minute and then we're I hope potentially third they've been up a few times and gone they've done now in the Premier they haven't really done much in the league but I think we need to win these next two games and obviously that goes into the um, Brighton, Huddersfield, Redding game. If we can have a little gap even after that, um, I don't know, how, how many points do you think we'll get out of that them three games? Oh, what a goal that just was. Watching, Sorry, uh, just watching there. Just goals. got unbelievable. 
Um, well, yeah, this is me. That was going to be next question. We'll kind of come to the end of this section before we look at the uh, Villa. Um, Nava, who was that? Was that Nadal? Not even from Madrid. Glory supporter. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because you look at this month and you think, right, we've already taken four points. We've taken four points, which is kind of good, isn't it? I was, um, what was it? QPR was February. So we have taken, what, four, eight points from four games. Two points a game. We're on course. It's what we need, isn't it? Yeah, it's what we need. We've now got, um, you know, these two games coming up. We've got to be looking at six points. If we take six points from these two games while flying, it puts one, what, 72, I think, 72 points. We'd, we'd only need another 18 points to reach 90, and, and no side's ever been failed to be promoted when reaching 90 points. I know... Clock, uh, I can't call the clock toys who's a, a, a loyal listener to us was saying that we shouldn't be setting targets because they couldn't be broken and in theory that is true there's every possibility Huddersfield could get 90 points as well and yeah, if, they're, if they're the highest points total for a third place team there's every chance of yeah. getting 90 so it could be more than 90 points but for me it's we're going to talk about the Villa game specifically coming up but it's we're dead positive I'm positive and I have total faith in the team Got to do the business of these next two games. No excuses, no bad performances, no mistakes, no red cards, no bad luck. We need to beat these two teams. They're two of the worst teams in the league. We need to really, we want to get promoted. We need to be beating the sides that are 18th and 20th or something in this division. Um, so, I don't know. I think one if we beat those two, I would take three points from the other teams as draws because obviously the, the other teams wouldn't gain points. I'd be quite happy from Huddersfield, Brighton and... Redden, I'd be happy with three draws. Yeah. I think we'll do better than that. Otherwise, I'd take. I would, would be delighted with five points. Delighted. Four points is all right. Three points is draws. Even one win and two defeats, provided we win these two games, sets were well on their way. So, if you look at our last ten games, six of them at home as well. So yeah, we haven't really got a difficult running. So if we can still be a bit of a gap between after them three games. But... At the end of all this is Fulham as well, which isn't easy. But if we beat Villa. Bristol and Fulham at home. That's nine points. That's regardless of what bonuses you get out of them three games. That's seventy-five points. You're almost with the likes of Wigan, Burton to play at home, and some other bad teams. You know that we're practically there. I think. Last should we talk about Aston Villa? That's the only reason I came. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. Bit of a bit of a treat now for you listeners. I've I've put together just in have case. Done, have you done that music again? When you did when you put the girls the, the <laughs> in, the, in the radio show music. Very very I'll niche that. Listen to this. Anyone who listened to the radio so show when we're on Radio Northumberland will, will know my <laughs> my uh, my cutting and pacing of music. So, so, so you were a big fan of it, weren't you? <laughs> But here's here's some here's some clips from from years gone by of what we think about Villa. I'm going to play it to you lads as well while the listeners listen to it, and we'll come straight in after that. You go to Villa. It's just it's just a shite ground and a shite part of a shite city, and you know you don't it's feel like twenty thousand max there, all sitting on their hands. Yeah. Oh, awful! Isn't <laughs> it? I'm dreading it. You're dreading it. I just hate I hate Villa so much, and I hate Birmingham. I hate Birmingham as well. Places lifting. Mickey, is there anyone in particular you want to talk about caught your eye this weekend in the Premier League? I'm gutted about Villa. I cannot stand them. I was com- convinced they would lose. 
the ruined good, the weekend. The good thing about Villa is they still, I think, created two got two chances. That's it. They had that's, two shots on goal. That's the, the Villa we know and love. Creating <laughs> nothing, letting goals in. Fair enough, they kept it tight, but it, for us, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this later because obviously we're playing them next week and we're all going down. Um, I, I just think Stoke just looked shocking. They looked mm. devoid of ideas. I don't. Bojan, by all accounts, had a reasonable game. Actually, got involved in the play. Yeah. But I take your points. I mean. How do you say Villa getting on this season? Are you going to stick with the relegation? Relegation, yeah. You're still sticking with relegation? I am. Right, we'll talk now about a feature we're going to do every time Newcastle play at home. We'll look at the away fans of the opposing team. We're going to try and be as objective as possible. Um, <laughs> fair enough, Villa Villa fans might struggle for an objective, <laughs> an objective here in the Magnums as well. But Okay, lads, we may as well get on to the, the main event of next weekend. Uh, both Simon and Michael will be joining me at 7.30am on the East Coast Main Line down to York and then we'll head across to Birmingham to watch Newcastle take on the worst team in the league in our opinion Aston Villa who with uh, Aston Villa better known as FC Vile the Newcastle fans 24th of the 5th 2009 never forget basically my least favourite team in the league I'll agree with I you I think there's not a single thing to like about Aston Villa mm. this is almost the game I want to win most this season because I hate them viciously hate Villa and every single person that follows them I think, again, we're touching the last week, 2009. There's no amount of victories that'll make up for that. The only thing I'll be happy with is if Villa go down League One, yeah. and then we'll never have to play them again. <laughs> never, yeah. ever again. Yeah. I mean, you might prove us wrong, what do I know? But, you know, they're, they're, they're very in that Markham mould of just being shit. And they have nothing to the league. They've got no atmosphere. That ground's never full. Very similar to the Markham's. And they also they also just get beat most weeks. I mean, I know we're not exactly fucking brilliant, especially second half of last season, but the two teams which just add an out to the league. They're unpleasant as well. <laughs> Villa fans that I've come across, which in fairness isn't that many, have all been unpleasant people. Well, I think around. we're tainted by, by May 2009 when the reaction of the Villa fans to us, we were both there and it was an absolute disgrace. Well, it was I, a disgrace. I remember going back to Birmingham New, Seats, New Street Station and there was like a local train service pulling Villa fans in. They were having some kind of party at Newcastle's relegation. I'm talking hundreds of people, men, women, and children, having a party at Newcastle got relegated. What are we Beat six nil. <laughs> what do we have to do? That and that, yeah, why did they even care? That six nil was glorious. Well, I suppose lads, there's a lot of uh, what's the right word? Hatred probably towards Villa fans. Um, Todd's podcast and Michael Collin uh, obviously been very vocal about his hatred of Villa, which nearly <laughs> led to a fight there this year. As we walked out of Villa Park watching the worst game of football I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, and what Mickey described as the worst place worst, in the world? Worst place in the world. <laughs> Aston Villa's the worst place in the world. Um, <laughs> There's actually Villa's a shithole. Shit worst, worst place in, in the world. world. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They're a stain on the league, yeah. an absolute stain. Yeah, there'll be no forgiving, but if you want lessons in how to forget, it's just how much stronger you drink in the day. They didn't even sell out the away end, which wasn't sold out in the first place, so they didn't take the full allocation of 3,000 and then didn't sell out that in 2,000. <laughs> they brought about 1,600, and it's just like, you're a, you're a northern club in a northern part of the world. You have no culture, you have no heritage, no one talks about Birmingham as any kind of tourist destination, no one goes there on holiday, no one has any cultural like attachment it's to it. Probably got the worst, so it's, it's probably got the worst like, like accent as well in the country. It's exactly. absolutely rank. Someone said to me once that it sounds like a scouser who's had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about it? <laughs> There, uh, another another clean sheet for Newcastle side. <laughs> Racking up the defensive performances. I know, yeah. Um, what's that? Um, <laughs> five games unbeaten. 
Fine, everything, everything's going well. Great, great form. Um, we were at Villa at the weekend. Not not the best away trip ever. There's probably a couple that were better than Villa away this weekend. Me, you, well, all basically all of us. Ben, all apart from Ben, went down to Villa on the day. Worst place in the world. Comfortably the worst place in the world. We're not just, it's, it's such a horrific place. We're not just saying it. Anyone who's been to that part of Birmingham... I mean, what was that? There's like near the near the ground. There's just loads of crates, metal, like cages. <laughs> stock. It's just it's it's something. It's like something from The Walking Dead. Not that I've seen it. That was we've just listened to that back. That's um, a small collection. There's a lot more I could have gone for um, over the past three seasons of, uh, of of unfortunately playing in the same league as Aston Villa Football Club. Mickey, you've you've made a bit of a prediction there saying. The only thing that would make you happy in terms of Villa is them going down to League One. That was you. That was you. That was you? I'm pretty sure you said going down to League One. So, well, I was going to give you credit there. I'll, I'll give it to myself. Um, I, I heard Mickey say that. Yeah, I think it was you, Mickey. Was it? What, what is? I'm sure you said. No, no, it was Mickey. Um, the, the lost eight of nine. Yeah. The, like, just tell me, tell me what it feels like to be to be watching. Aston Villa Football Club in, in its present state I still I just want to get in there quickly before we start rinsing Villa for the terrible horrible club that they are Take um, <laughs> how how frustrating it is that we haven't we didn't get to enjoy them going down because of like the inept the, just the ineptitude in Newcastle getting, getting ourselves relegated as well um, I still I still think we deserve to watch Villa get relegated when we don't and I, I've got a real feeling that it might happen this year like I've really got just a sneaking suspicion that it might all collapse. Losing eight out of nine is terrible in this league. It's it's absolutely the terrible. The funniest thing they haven't even played anyone good really. No, they haven't. Leeds and that was everyone else is like eight and down. Like they haven't played any of the top eight. Yeah, from Leeds. They're shit. They they are proper shit. They've got Bruce who's a terrible manager, <laughs> proven as a terrible manager time after time after time. He's never done well in the in the championship as far as I know, apart from with Birmingham. Which they should yeah. fucking hate him for, by the way. I wouldn't like that if we had a Sunderland manager coming here who had been critical of uh, of our club and was um, you got like, celebrating when like celebrating a, a Sunderland goal against you got, the Castle. Got Hull promoted twice though, just like literally last year as well. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, yeah. I've, watching them struggle in this league is is utterly glorious. Um, and then them going down to League One, I I would almost rather they got relegated than we got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, they'll not. I don't think they'll get relegated. They've got plenty of their teams below them. Um, obviously, Rotherham are down. Just who's going to fill the other two places? But I've looked at the past three seasons. I think you got like 44, 45 points to stay up, which is three wins really and fifteen. Best part, best part of it is they've spent more than any of them. Like, yeah, everyone's yeah. got yeah. Newcastle spending, but Villa so, have spent more money than they've spent more money than any team in the history of the championship. <laughs> no, no team at this level in the history of football has spent more money than where, us. Where were they in the league 18? 16. 16. <laughs> they've, lost, they've lost six out of the last seven or something ridiculous like that. I loved it last night how they've like bought, bought two Barnsley players including the captain and then go and get beat 3-1 off them <laughs> which is class. How, how much did they pay for McCormack? Like 12 million? 
It's just like, it's such a disaster of a season for them. It's, it's really, really enjoyable, isn't it? That's so funny. The story about him not coming to training because he couldn't get out of the gates. <laughs> and then and then Bruce going around his house and jumping over the gates. But here's, a, here's, here's a scene. We used to play Doggers game, guess the stadium, right? Attendance 26,000, 2,000 away fans. What's that? 26 minus 44. Loads of empty seats. <laughs> Every time that goalkeeper made a save, the fans ironically jeered. Jack Grealish booed off the pitch. Someone else booed off the pitch. Booed off at half-time. Booed off at full-time. Where, where is it, lads? Where am I talking about? You know I'm talking about Villa Park. It's so, so good to see them. There are, like, there's so many little snide Villa fans. Like I swear fucking Villa fans, because I've got no else to do, because Birmingham's fucking shit. <laughs> sit sit at home just like googling and or like putting Aston Villa Football Club into fucking Twitter. Like, the amount of Villa fans that have tried to pick fights with us over Twitter, like lads, like, as if we give a fuck about what you think. We don't talk to you, you know. Like I, I, credit to one lad. Like we had a Villa fan. He asked to come on the show, and like I had to say no because. How did he know about us, by the way? I don't know. Pro- probably because he sat at home typing yeah. Aston Villa in. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, he seemed like a really nice lad, and I'm sure there's like. He won't be. <laughs> there's prob- Mickey, there's probably like, like th- three of them that are canny. Like, they're all cunts. The, just for people that, obviously everyone listening to this, I know we've got a lot of foreign listeners, you, you probably know about 2009, and history ha- would have it that we were back at Villa Park in May again this year. And this was the day at Villa Park that we're going to bring their beach balls, so we're going to stop the match, they were going to protest. It was going to be Randy Lerner, get out of our club. And it was the, going to be the biggest protest in the world. And it turned into a fucking celebration. I never shot on target, by the way. I think I had one shot in the game. It turned into a celebration from their fans. The, all the years of shit, the position they find themselves in, this fucking supposed great football club, all of the anger of the local fan base, the people of the community, was paused for one afternoon because um, being involved in Newcastle's relegation superseded any of that. And that is a club without without any any morals. It's a club without any real fucking support. And it's a club that exists for the fucking banter generation of the Premier League where you'd rather be involved in the relegation of Newcastle than do what you're supposed to do and, 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 and criticise and protest against your owner. That said it all for me. Ugly scenes outside the ground as well. Again, it kind of gets lost a little bit. It was... it. Every time we've been, pretty much it's nasty outside the ground. Yeah, it's not every, us, though. It's not us. No. Every time we've been, we'll have trouble outside the ground. Where, where pe- people who've met us, we're like the most, like, un- unaggressive. It's not us, apart from the time you were literally singing in people's faces. <laughs> the worst place in the world. It is the worst place in the world, though. They deserve that. You might have been instigating a couple of. Uh, a couple of them. <laughs> that that was sorry, Bruce. some like forty-year-old guy took a swing at me. <laughs> Someone took a swing at Green Street. Was it someone? But good luck. Someone allegedly, by the way, he was he was in a very dark place. But someone allegedly like grabbed Pollen's phone that was hand a Villa fan and smashed it. It's hardly fucking Green Street, but it's still not on. But um, Bolin was in a dark place. So whether how true that is, we don't know. T- someone took a swing at Green Street. People were pushing. Someone was pushing me. It was like lads, this, this is your. I'm pretty sure Green Street was also telling that bloke before he took a swing at him how shit Birmingham was. <laughs> Probably, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. We, we just do, like, True Faith Weekly Podcast and large sections of Newcastle Sport, we just don't get on with that football club and we need to beat them. Last season, 
the lowest I felt was after any game, no matter derby defeats or whatever, after any game was that Villa home game. Definitely. Cause, because it was like, we're just beating Liverpool, we're just beating Spurs, and it was like, oh no, lads, what are shit. We couldn't beat the worst Villa team ever to grace the Premier League. Um, so that was really bad. We're, we're really, we're really owed on this one, and that's why I'm so up for this game. I'm, I'm fucking want to win this game more than any other. I'd rather win this. I know it, it makes no sense and you know defies logic. I'd rather beat these than beat Brighton. I don't care. I'm going to Brighton. I'm going down to Brighton for a televised game. I'd rather beat these than beat Brighton. It's too, it's too important for it to me that that would beat this. But these 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 pack of cunts. Yeah. And it's nothing we ever do will make up for how terrible they were on that like needlessly on that day. Not no amount of of vic- crushing victories a six and old home. Nothing we could do that a hundred times and I'd still fucking hate them for that. It wouldn't be enough. I, I want I want them to go out of business. I want them to be gone. The match, Mickey, the match, the football. Bright Gale plays for you? Well yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, obviously. Yeah, like, nobody could argue with that. Do you do you worry that maybe because they've lost eight and nine? Do you worry it might be a, rea- a reaction time? Bruce has called the players out publicly last night. Would you rather be playing them in sixteenth place, having like you know lost a few, won three, lost five, drawn two, or do you think now nah, I want them? I want them at the lowest ebb for this one. Don't care. They're shit. They're shit, and we'll beat them. Simple, simple as that. Simple as that. Sai, I'll come to you for some in-depth stuff. Um, <laughs> we've struggled a little bit. We've talked about it. We've struggled. We've struggled against Blackburn at home. We've struggled to an extent for a half against Rotherham. Do you think we might struggle against a well-organised Villa? Uh, no. We've <laughs> <laughs> uh, struggled against teams like Blackburn and... Um, who's the other one you just said? <laughs> Rotherham. Wolves, Forest, well, they're, all, they're all quite tough home games because they're all teams that know that playing Newcastle um, was going to be a big, tough game and they, and they got more faces and they, they tried to frustrate with. I think the arrogance of Aston Villa will come out and try and play against her and then we'll just smash them 4 or 5 nil. 4 or 5 nil says Side Green Street. Um, I wouldn't say 4 or 5 nil, but I'd go for 2 nil. I think, like, look at their team last night. I think they're quite attacking team, so he's, he can't play that again, really. He doesn't. He's got all these attacking players. You look at you look at the midfield. Yeah, you look at the midfield. Lansbury, um, Grealish. Well, Lansbury's Lansbury. coming. I forgot about him. Well, apparently, didn't he go off? Last night. Did he? Yeah, he hamstring it again. So you imagine feeling injury twice in a month. Yeah, coming to Castle. Fucking prick. But yeah, if you look at that, t- I mean. He, don't know what he's going to play against us, but it was funny. Time before, I think he played against five against Ipswich. You didn't really know what, like, tactically, he's just he's shite really now. He's a prick as well, Steve Bruce, isn't he? Like, I hate him. There's so many reasons to hate this football club. There really is, isn't there? It's endless. I love it just to get an early goal, just to settle our nerves. Really, just get that early goal and let them try and come at us, and then yeah, shut up their 800 fans that made the trip up. Just to back that up. um Obviously, Villa fans. If you talk to Villa fans on Twitter, they've, they've got shite crowds this season. Twenty six thousand there the other night. Um, this is the team, by the way, that have spent more money than anyone else in the division in in the history of the division. You'd think the fans would fucking get behind them, wouldn't you? But no, not not this lot. Um, Villa fans. Oh, we we'll always take. We've got the best away fans. We we'll always take three thousand away. I've not seen them bring three thousand to Castle since two thousand six. I think. I think when we beat them six 0 they brought less than less than a thousand. Um, but for Monday, 
they've been offered discounted villa or, or, or subsidizing the tickets the tickets are only 27 i say only it's 27 quid only like cheap, cheap enough to come not that far um i'm under on the telly but if we were playing one on the telly three thousand yeah. without a doubt um so they'll be backed by hardly any fans this is if, you know not that the team listen to, to garbage like this but it's it's almost like the Derby lads don't let we're down on this one. We, we need we need to beat them. I need to, I, I need I need that closure. <laughs> like we're, we're, we've got a good record against Villa. We we'll very rarely lose against them, but I think we've we we'll draw against them too much. Yeah. Um, and every single time we've drawn against them, we've been the better team by an absolute mile. It's frustrating that we we'll re- we we'll really owe them a good hiding here. I mean, Bolland, who who we've not heard from in a while. Um, he said at the start of the season he think would he, he thought would do double figures once and we should have if you look at the likes of QPR away we've hit the yeah, bar three times and if there was a game to try and get there lads this is it um, <laughs> I th- imagine, imagine I just imagine yeah I, I, for um, I'll get a 10 nil tattoo if we beat Villa heard that Mickey will get a 10 nil tattoo so will I if we beat Villa 10 nil, I'll get a tattooed on me face so, so it reminded myself every time I look in the mirror Um yeah, we're not really giving you much like tactical stuff here. Uh, does it? We just do, we just need to win the game. Sai Perez or Diame considering Perez's performance last night. Um, I'd always prefer Diame. I've I've had enough of Perez and Mitrovic. Um, I'd rather neither of them played. Um, the, the weird thing about Perez is like it's quite clear he's not physical enough for this league, but he's done nothing about it. Like. Players, I mean, obviously Ronaldo is a different breed, but even like Ben Arfa seemed to go away and work on it and, and toughen up a bit, and he came back. Having two teams, that's that's one way to do it. Perez is doing nothing. Like it's just it's the same. Like really, Perez staying in shape. Um, uh, always Diarmi, especially at home. Yeah, I agree with you, Diarmi. Let's. I want. I want foot on their throat early doors. It's not really a game for you know niceties and stuff. No, big big lads. Dwight Gale's pace. Gufran owes how I yawn, like, sort out this game. We get get a goal against these bastards. Um I think that's just about we're just we're just going around in circles here, kicking off. Um <laughs> about Villa. I think you all know how I feel. If there's any Villa fans listening to this, please don't. Um Gallagher flags Monday. Big, 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 big plans. The surfer flag. Hopefully, well, it will be here. <laughs> um, it's not here yet, but it will be. Um, that'll be there Monday, <clears throat> five minutes before the game. It's coming out, so make sure you're in the ground. I mean, we've spent three and a half, well, y- you and us and the people who turned up to the quiz and donated online. Three and a half thousand pounds it's cl- cost. It's going to be absolutely massive across the Gallagher then, middle tier, one side to the other when the players walk out onto the pitch. So it's not going to be up long. We've got 90 seconds. So don't miss it. Get into the ground early. We're imploring everyone to bring scarves. If you own a scarf, it's going to be freezing anyway, probably. Bring it to the ground. We're doing a full corner display um, of the flags, similar against Derby, which went down so well. It was really good to hear some of the players talk about that um, afterwards. And a lot of the local journalists commented on the atmosphere. And, you know, let, let's help the lads get promoted. My voice is gone. Done. Is that it? You hey. finished the show. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, any castle? Yeah. I'm going to play a couple of things where I've got, I've got my voice back now I'm going to play a couple of clips classic clips um, from when I was researching that Villa stuff so most of, some of you will have heard them before 
you know, they were quite funny at the time. Some of you will think, what the hell is this? This isn't funny at all. There's more stuff. There's one more thing coming. I'll uh, I'll play it after this. But thanks for listening. It's been a bit of a slog. An hour and 20 minutes we've done here. Thanks to Brad again. We'll be back with you. Um, probably, we'll probably not do a show. I'll be cleaning up flags on Monday night. Probably do a show Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Next week? Next week. Next week, aye. Uh, Monday games messing with me head. Um, we'll, get, we'll get a Bristol City fan on, hopefully. So if anyone knows any Bristol City fans... Get them on. Get to the game 15 minutes early against against Villa on Monday. There's literally no else to do. It's one pint or something like that. Let's make the, the best atmosphere we can. So thanks to Sai, Green Street and Mick. Uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Enjoy the clip. The first clue. I scored on my Premier League debut at St James's Park in a 3-1 win in 1997. Okay. I played for England under 21, 14 under 21s, plural, 14 times, scored 8 goals. However, I represented Guyana in 2011. Guyana? Guyana. Another Guyana? In 2011. G-U-Y-A-N-A? Yes. In 2011? Yes. Do you want me to repeat anything else? <laughs> you represented them in 2011, did yeah, you Yeah, played for them. <laughs> he wasn't like representing them. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Carrying the flag yeah. at the no, time. No, no, no. I was saying like, yeah, I got that. I was just meaning... <laughs> yes, he played football for them, associated football. Yeah, okay. After spending some time at third 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 division Marbella FC in two thousand and eight, Glenn Roder gave me the shock chance to return to English football. I rewarded him by being part of the relegation team at, in two thousand and eight. Marlon Howard? No. No. Thought you'd have got that one, Mike. Local rivals and that. Uh, struggling. Who? Say that one again, sorry. Marbella. Marbella FC. So he's playing in the Spanish... Well, I don't even think it's a third tier. It's regional. <laughs> um, he's playing in the Secunda B in Spain for Marbella and Glenn Roder, out of nowhere as Norwich manager, pulled him back in English football for Norwich. I, I would have got it at this point because I remember him thinking, Jesus Christ, Glenn, Carl Court, he's not going to keep you up and he didn't. Carl Court, Carl is it? Carl Court. <laughs> <laughs> is it Carl Court? <laughs> yes! Get in, I've got another one. Crack and crack and edit in there. Get it back on. Both Newcastle players clearly fancy it. But it would have to be something special from here. It's Robert. And just how special. I think that's enough. That was, <laughs> no, no, no. The best ones last.
Shearer. It's a good jump. It's Kieran Dyer. Fast by Modric. Oh, Dyer blocks Bellamy. It's in. Oh, extraordinary. That was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> How long did that take you? Like two minutes. Took us about half an hour. Brilliant. I love, I love how it was just the original theme song with just a five-second clip on a loop, <laughs> which was the start. Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.